brand new episode of Kids Ministry Real Talk. My name is Zach and I am your host. And this is a podcast where we talk real ministry for real people. Today, we are breaching out into something a little bit um, beyond kids ministry. And we are talking youth and youth is such such an important part of kids ministry. A lot of people today are overseeing next gen, which is almost this new term that's kind of created in the last 10 years. And today on the podcast, I have my new great friend, Justin Herman. Justin, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Absolutely, man. Thanks for inviting me. This is a great podcast. I listen to it. I like it. And I share it with the kids ministry people I know. So thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, Justin is the host of the Controlled Chaos podcast, which is an amazing resource um, that you need to check out. Um, Justin, for people that don't know you or don't know about youth ministry, would you just be able to tell us a little bit about your story, how you got into youth and about how you got into, you know, teaching all around California where you are and even the world through your reaching out and your resources? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I grew up in Buffalo, New York. I was born in Manhattan, New York City, grew up in Buffalo, New York, and started uh, to go. I started college when I was 22, so a little older. And I went to college in Missouri. And then from Missouri, made the move to California um, for my very first job working in youth ministry, working in junior high ministry. And my story goes probably a lot, very similar to a lot of people's stories. They're not really sure what they're going to do. They're getting out of high school, kind of investigating some stuff. I was studying business at the time, international business. And I was just miserable. And it was just totally miserable. It wasn't for me. And I started you know, talking to my college pastor, praying about, well, you know, God, what do you have for me? What's the plan? Like, what's my story going to be? And I started serving in the local church at uh, doing youth ministry. I started serving uh, as a high school small group leader at a church in Buffalo, New York. And from there, it just felt really confirmed that I had a calling to youth ministry, um, that God has equipped me uniquely, made me for youth ministry, and that I needed to be obedient and say yes to that calling. So I left uh, New York, went to Missouri for Bible college, um, where I spent four years, got my degree, and then moved out to um, Southern California uh, to Huntington Beach, where I worked at my very first church. And, uh, and it was awesome, man. It was absolutely, absolutely awesome. Uh, and I would, you know, I wouldn't do it, you know, I wouldn't do it any differently. I'm, I met my wife in California with two kids now. It was just such a great journey. And then from there, I went to a church called Mariner's Church, uh, which is a large uh, church in Southern California. And then from there, me and my family decided it was just time for a life change. And we moved our whole family to Riverside, California, so our kids could be closer to their grandkids. Um, or our kids could be closer to their grandparents. And uh, and I got a job at Sandals Church, which is a large multi-site church. And I oversee youth ministry there, junior high through high school. And I, I've gotten, I mean, I've been really blessed with great opportunities. The, I have great mentors in my life, leaders who've helped prepare me. Um, so I've had opportunities to do camps, to do some conferences. I'll be at YS this year. Um, the the podcast kind of started out of nowhere. Um, we were going to do a podcast at the church I worked at when I worked at Mariners, and it just ended up not working out. And my wife suggested that I should do a junior high ministry podcast because we had purchased all these things and got subscriptions, and we were just ready to go with this podcast at this the last church I worked at. And so I asked some people their advice. You know, should I do this? Do you think I have something to say? Like I'm just I'm so like leery of young leaders, and I was one of those young leaders who they just they they grab a blog and they just start rambling or they grab a podcast and think everyone should listen. I'm so leery of that because Matt McGill, 
when I was a young leader, grabbed me, pulled me into his office. And it's like, hey, you know, because I was doing that. I was a- absolutely leveraging the name of, of Mariner's Church when I first came on staff. I'm thinking that because just because I worked there, I had something to say, like I knew stuff and I didn't know anything. Um, he pulled me in and was like, hey, uh, you know, what if, and I remember this as clear as day, what if a guy called you? Because I was doing coaching with youthman.org. What if a guy called you from the Midwest and he's 42 years old at a church? They're about to go through a church split. He's married with two kids um, and he's the, he's the breadwinner and they live like, you know, on, you know, in housing provided by the church. What advice would you give them? And I looked at him with a blank stare of like, I don't know what I would say. And he said, maybe you should wait to do coaching until you have something to say. And so I stopped blogging and, and just doing any of that shenanigans for a couple of years. And so picking up the podcast, I got confirmation from guys like McGill and Fields and, um, and Kurt um, to go ahead and do this thing. And I started doing it and kind of just kind of took off from there. And it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun that like, we're, I think there's 40 countries that listen in on a regular basis. And, uh, and we we just did a big UK takeover with listeners from the United Kingdom. And um, we're planning another one with New Zealand. We're really excited about that. Um, and it's just fun. So there you go. Control wow. cast podcast. What a journey. Yeah. And what great advice too, even in there, you know, uh, this isn't a video podcast, so listeners don't know my exact age, which I won't reveal, but I'm not a 60-year-old guy. With- you know, well, I mean, I can see you, and I don't know your exact age. It's very, very nefarious, very confusing. Yeah, I'm going to keep that secret, but, yeah. um, you know, I'm not a 60-year-old guy. I don't have tons of knowledge, but what a great piece of advice. If you're going to talk, grab people around you, and that's something that you did the second time around is asking for confirmation and, you know... yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, it's a biblical thing to me because I look through the Bible, <clears throat> read the Bible, believe it or not. So I read it. Nice. And I look through it and I can't find a single example of someone who claimed their own calling, claimed their own um, journey. Uh, I see a lot of examples of people speaking, calling into people, uh, many examples of people being called to something, but I don't see any examples of people successfully saying, well, this is what I'm called to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. So I'm just going to go do it. But how often that happens with young leaders in the church, um, and I think maybe not just in the church, I think in a lot of different areas, that we're we're so quick to claim our own calling and we're so slow to listen to um, or ask for the the affirmation or confirmation of older leaders around us. Um, and, you know, so I got to talk to some of those older leaders like, you know, Kurt and, you know, Matt and, I mean, really old leaders like Doug, like really old, very ancient of days kind of leaders like Doug Fields um, and get confirmation. So there you go. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, we all have a calling our life. You know, when we accept Jesus for Christians listening, um, you have a calling to love people and go out and spread the word. But about, you know, where that exactly is, or if it's actually full time vocational ministry is something that needs to be discerned. And it's not, you know, always super spiritual. Sometimes people do have distinct callings, which are, you know, prophetically spoken over them or whatever, but, you know, usually wisdom and that can be found in other people around us. So that's a great principle. Totally agree. Yeah. So you're at Sandals Church, loving on the youth. Um, Now in your role, um, you work with nine different campuses or nine different sites um, with nine different teams. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us a little bit about that experience. Um, What's the day-to-day kind of look like? And what are the things that pop up, these continually patterns that you're just having conversations about trying to fix? Um, You know, speak those challenges, because I think that's probably encouraging for people to hear that they're not alone. I think a lot of time they're like, 
if we could only fix this one thing, we'd be rocking. But challenges are always happening. So what are a few that you're seeing continually? You know, there's a, there's a, so I also want to be very honest. I've been at Sandals for about four months and, you know, there is a lot of great things happening at Sandals Church with youth ministry. Um, There's a lot of great things. There's a lot of not great things. Um, And there, and there's a lot of awareness of what those great things are. And there's a lot of awareness of what those great things are not. You know, the, 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 I take today, for instance, today I have some meetings talking about things that impact the, every single kid, every single campus. I'm going to work on the network side. So I'll have meetings today where we're talking about things like in a room of, you know, eight people um, that have huge implications for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids. Um, I'm going up to Lake Arrowhead later today to do a training for their new leaders. who so just launched our Lake Arrowhead campus. And then I have some one-on-one, I have a, a big one-on-one or a big team meeting with our interns. So I have four interns that report to me. I have a big meeting with them. Um, and so every day is somewhat different. Um, it's just a matter of what meetings I have. Um, but I, I would, so some of that sounds probably pretty boring. So let me talk about the not boring stuff, uh, the kind of the bigger leadership stuff. So one of the things that I didn't know coming in and it was told to me. So my executive pastor told me, other people told me, and I thought I listened, but I I must not have understood uh, the the high importance on relational equity with people. And, you know, they didn't, you know, typically when people hire you, they don't hire you to come in and just sit around and do nothing. Um, they hire you to do a thing. Um, they probably hire you because there's a need that needs to be filled. There's uh, something that's not getting done that needs to get done. There's something that's broken that needs to be fixed. Um, I mean, you're, you're talking like you know, the, the most basic level uh, of, of hiring. And maybe you're a doer. And or maybe you're an administrator, and that's the hole you're filling. Maybe you're a strategic thinker, and you know we we need to move the ball forward. Um, but behind all of that, relational equity is the gas. Um, you know, the unity of the staff is what our executive pastor says is a gas that runs the church. Um, disunity is like sand um, in the gas tank of the church. Mm. So I didn't put enough time into really thinking through and figuring out the relational equity piece because when I got in, there were immediately fires that needed to be put out. And so I immediately jumped in and started figuring things out. What I should have done was just let those fires burn and spend time with my staff having lunch with them. So in, in total transparency, I really blew it. I'm actually cleaning up a lot of the mess right now that I caused because I jumped in and was ready to start going. Now, why was that? Well, it's because I know what the, what the hell I'm doing. That's why. Because I, I, I've done youth ministry before. Um, I will keep doing youth ministry. I talk about youth ministry a bunch. Um, the, I had a system in place at Mariners. Um, the you know, youth ministry is youth ministry. So you know, regardless of how you kind of divvy out the strategy of it specifically, you know, some of the foundational things are the same. You know, let's take kids ministry, for instance, when I'm a big fan of kids, but I used to not care about kids ministry at all. I used to absolutely roll my eyes at kids ministry until I had kids. And now it's my favorite ministry in the church. And I think any parent out there would, would say something somewhat similar if they have, you know, their, their time in youth ministry, because I was young and I was like, why, what are they doing babysitting? Like what's going on? And then when you have a kid and they come home with these, like these papers, they come home with the activities they did, or you hear them singing the songs, you're like, really good stuff's happening in my church. So like it, it's a real thing. And I live both sides of that, but you know, you look at kids ministry, doesn't matter where you do it. Some of the foundational things are the same, right? Safety security is a part of kids ministry. I know you've talked about that before procedure, you know, it doesn't matter where you do kids ministry, the check-in checkout system. So let's just take that for example, that, that should, that's a standard thing when it comes to safety and security with kids ministry. Would you agree with that? Yes. hundred okay. percent. 
So there's certain things with youth ministry that's just kind of standard stuff, right? Like this is how we interact with parents. This is how we interact with leaders. You know, we, this is how we communicate with them on a regular basis. So let's just take just parent communication. Like I know some of those things. So it was so easy for me to just start running at stuff and doing stuff without consulting everyone, just assuming, and this is where, where I had my huge blind spot, just assuming that everyone said, oh, well, he knows what he's doing. Like, let's just trust him. Um, let's just trust him because of his position, because of his title. And that's where I really lost a lot of chips, lost a lot of equity with people because they don't care what my title is. They don't care what my experience is. Most of the staff that I have don't listen to my podcast. Um, I have the book that you know, we have the book that just came out. Um, a lot of it, it's not like they were all just waiting to get their pre-order copy. Um, like I work with them, like it's a normal relationship that I have with these people, but, uh, but I blew it in a big way, not prioritizing relational equity and building that um, before doing the work of the ministry. So I'm actually cleaning up some of that mess. So I don't know if, you know, there's a lot in there, um, but it's a, at least it's a real answer of kind of what I'm dealing with now um, and what, what my, my mindset is in the current, you know, ongoings of my day uh, because now I'm kind of slowing down a little bit in order to make more time slowing down in order to have more lunches um, and we'll get to the work of the ministry. Um, but it's not going to, it'll be more successful when I have everyone on board. Um, than when I'm trying to kind of pull everyone along. Yeah. Amazing. You had so many great things in there that I want to unpack. First of all, thank you for being honest and vulnerable and really putting the real talk into kids ministry, real talk podcast, because you just said it how it is. And that's the way we like to do it here. Perfect. You're uh, the perfect person on then. Yeah. You even dropped the word hell. So I don't know if we'll have to bleep that or not, but we'll, no, I'm sure it'll be fine. We'll work it out in post. Um, we'll, we'll just, just put uh, explicit on the podcast. Be like, this has explicit adult right. content or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Um, but what an amazing principle about relationships, um, building that relationships. That's one thing we talk about all the time because people always, number one thing in kids ministry, how do you get more volunteers? How do you get more leaders? How do you do that? And that's the answer right there that we talk about in so many different ways is relationships. You can't do this by yourself. And if you come in, you know, here's how you do it. Let's, let me just be your savior and tell you how to do it. Doesn't matter who you are. Uh, which you've kind of said, or even doesn't even matter what you know, even if you're 100% right, and you do know this, people don't respond well um, to that. So what a great uh, reminder. And um, yeah, what are a couple practical things going on? Like even this week, what does that look like? You mentioned lunches and hanging out, like, how do you, do you structure your meetings different? Do you um, do fun stuff with people? What does that look like for you? Um, it's definitely lunches and meetings. It's definitely, um, I don't want to say just hanging out. Um, but it's not just think of just the job, you know, just work, talk, work, stuff, strategy, stuff. Um, and then just put that aside for a second and what's left for a lot of people, there may be nothing left. Um, for me, I want to make sure I'm trying to fill that space up with, I'm actually, you know, getting to know them, you know, having a relationship, letting them get to know me, um, getting out, you know, going and having lunch and not talking about work, just talking about life, um, caring about more, caring more about who they're becoming as leaders um, than what they're doing in the ministry. And, um, and so, you know, for me, it's, it's prioritizing that time. Um, I do weekly or biweekly one-on-ones with everyone um, to have just one-on-one time to sit and talk. And instead of working through the lunch, which I have no problem working through lunch, I've done it many, many times. It does not bother me at all. I'm not a big lunch fan. Um, 
I'll prioritize lunch in order to sit down with people and go out with them and just talk about life. And so, you know, relationship, if you're not relationally wired, which I'm not highly relationally wired, I'm highly like strategically you know, wired to think about the structure and the systems and the process. So if you're not strong, deeply strong in relationships, you'll find yourself having to put way more work into effective relationships than you will into effective strategy. You know, the, the skill of strategy, like you'll just, you'll live in that. And you know, the skill of systems, the skill of, you know, the, the, being able to produce the results or produce the outcomes you're looking for. Um, even if that means dragging people along, um, and, and in some organizations they'll allow that some, they won't um, like, it's a huge problem that, uh, that I found myself in this place at Sandals for sure. That you know, getting this figured out is a big priority for not only me, but for my bosses. So taking that step back and prioritizing lunches, prioritizing personal conversation, prior. And so for some people who are highly relationally wired, like it's like, that sounds so weird. Like that anyone would have a problem with that. But for me, I think it's so weird that people would spend so much time doing that and not doing their job, like not doing the work. But it's not all or it's not all one or the other. It's not black and white. Um, There's a balance and a health to that. And, uh, and you have to find where that healthy place is. Now, for me, I lack a load of self awareness, a load. And I'm not just meaning like, you know, like, like, I don't, you know, care, you know, whatever, like in like an ADHD mental block, like it just, you know, some people are colorblind, I'm blind to seeing social cues and mannerisms and, you know, facial expressions and how like that impacts others. Um, Like I'm terrible at that. So I'll ask for feedback all the time um, to be able to get a sense of how, you know, people are experiencing me, how I'm doing in meetings. Um, And that's important for me because it helps gauge um, how those relationships are going or how, you know, the, how I'm being received because I'm, if, if I think I'm being received amazing, but I'm actually being received very poorly, um, you know, that's a problem. That's something that I need to, I need to hear. So I've created those open lines of dialogue for that. Um, so that's some of what I would say. Yeah, definitely. And it's a great reminder for everyone. And it's very humbling. You know, we all have blind spots. um, And we need to ask people. And that's the only way a blind spot is something you literally can't see. So you can't figure it out yourself. This is the yeah. only way to do that is to ask people around you, hey, mm-hmm. is there anything I can improve on? Um, and doing regular reviews is something that's great for that. Even with your volunteers or your staff members or uh, people above you is just yep. scheduling those in too so it's not um, odd. Like, you know, you don't have to, anytime he comes talks to me, it's always about a new blind spot I have, you know, but it's, this is something that you build into your culture that we help each other out. We talk to each other. We don't let things fester Mm -hmm. because we're all flawed. And that's, that's not just like, this is a business principle that's used in the world, but uh, it's a gospel principle, you know, that we are all sinful and fall short of the glory of God. But when we, we, we go together, we can achieve a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Yeah, that's great. Um, I'd love to talk about the podcast for a little bit because this is a great podcast. Uh, I've listened to it. If you are involved in youth in any way, or even there's a couple of great episodes that would be um, amazing for regardless who you are. Um, How did this start? And and what's your goal? And it's really taken off. So what's been some some, you know, highlights about that? Well, you know, the, it started, I had a, a, an idea for a podcast at Mariner's church and we were going down the road of kind of figuring that out. 
and then kind of near the the end of the the kind of in the eleventh hour before we were right about to launch the whole thing, um, leadership decided it just wasn't the right time to do it. No big deal. I don't mind hearing no. Like it doesn't bother me at all. So I didn't even think twice about it. I was just like, whatever, sounds great. But you know, part of me was bummed in the sense that we. I was just excited to do a podcast, but it was whatever. Well, my wife was like, well, why don't you do a junior high ministry podcast? Like you've talked about doing it. Why don't you do it? And like I said, I had to ask some people and yada, 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 and we got it going. Um, and the goal really was for to help junior high ministry youth workers. It was a junior high ministry podcast for youth workers. So part of it is like the strategy, the nuts and bolts, the structure of the ministry. Um, part of it is um, you know, just like the daily tips and tricks, like things that we all deal with. Um, part of it is, you know, developing as, as leaders. Um, so we're able to bring in voices like, you know, Patrick Lencioni. We did one with Andy Stanley. We have one coming up with uh, Dr. Henry Cloud um, that talks on a kind of a bigger leadership level. Um, and, uh, and I think it's helpful to youth workers, not only developing as youth workers with 11 to 14 year olds, um, but developing themselves as leaders in the church. Um, you know, we did, we just came up with an episode today about the political thicket. I'm a big fan of politics. I could talk politics. Literally, I could talk politics all day because I have really strong opinions on everything. And and half of them are probably, you know, not like there's people who study like political like political stuff for a living is what they do for a living. And then there's like the rest of us who just kind of watch the news or listen to a podcast and we think we know stuff. Okay. And I'm like that guy. I'm the guy that just listens to podcasts and reads stuff and just thinks right. I know a bunch of things. But Tell we did one on really the... Pol- huh? Tell us how it really is. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the but I, we did an episode called the Political Thicket, talking about church politics, which I think is I think is completely awesome because politics are a part of every church, and learning how those work and how to master those um, and how to lead up to your bosses is a really really big deal. Um, so we talk not just personal development stuff. We talk about. Um, you know, really great youth worker tips, junior high ministry tips, leader tips, you know, so on and so forth. So we have a leader guide that goes out with every episode um, because we have a lot of youth workers that listen to it, send it to their volunteer team, which we always say that, right? Send it to your volunteer team, let them listen in. But like most things, we don't really give them an, a follow-up step, but we create a follow-up step in our leader guides that allow youth workers to then have conversations with their leaders based on the content of the podcast. We write that all for them. Um, and it, it, we've gotten a lot of great feedback, um, especially from people from other countries, because then it's all curated for them. And for the youth worker, the majority of youth workers out there are either doing junior high and high school, or they're a volunteer, or they're part time. Um, very few of us work at mega churches. You know, there's just it, just so few of us. So the it, for the the volunteer youth worker, the part-time person, like this takes a piece of leadership development um, and just it gives it right to them on their plate. They don't have to stress over it. And so it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, the goal for it, you know, I want to take over uh, the world. I want to start with taking over download youth ministry. I want to put them out of business and, uh, and I want it to be the controlled chaos download youth ministry. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm friends <laughs> with all, all those guys. Um, no, you know, the, you know what the goal is? Um, the goal is to keep riding the wave that God has put us on. And, and I say this all the time. And so you want to talk real? I'm going to get as real as it gets right now. Perfect. There was a time in my career that I thought my value was absolutely determined by the mega church I worked at. So I worked at Mariner's Church, large church, um, hosted Catalyst West, hosts the Orange Tour, it hosts Exponential, um, it just hosts a lot of conferences. It's it's a it's a hundred fifty million dollar property. Like it is a gorgeous facility. Um, people comment all the time, and I remember 
that I would sit in our youth building during conferences, watching people look around in awe of my 10 million, it wasn't, wasn't mine. I mean, they, they built it, but you know, the $10 million youth building that we worked in mm. and I would go up to them. I would just wait a second and then go up and say, Hey, you know, Hey, uh, you know, I, I actually work here, you know, and they're like, oh, really? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Just acting like I bumped into them. You know, do you want me to give you a tour? And there was so much of my identity wrapped up in the place I worked and the stuff I had and the staff I had. And at San Jose, I don't have any of those things. Don't have a building. Don't have a huge staff. Um, they report to me. And don't have a lot of money. And the it, just so much of my value is tied up in it. And one of the hard things about leaving Mariners when we were praying about leaving and was this concern that my career was just going to fall apart, that I'd leave Mariners, you know, this very well-known large church and, and, you know, then, you know, what's going to happen? People, you know, people aren't, Sandals Church is great, but not many people know it. And, and, you know, what about, you know, all the emails I get when Catalyst is in town and, and, you know, I feel like I'm going to lose a lot of notoriety or whatever. There's a lot of unhealthy things. And the truth is, that God's blessed my career. It's, and it's bigger than it's ever been, not because of where I work, because I'm willing to walk away from it all. If, if he wanted me to, you know, that I do the podcast because I enjoy doing it. And from that it's grown. And now we're launching the controlled cast blog, which is going to be a blog for youth workers. Um, I have a team of people on the controlled chaos side that do stuff. They're all volunteers. Um, you know, CIY, great podcast partner. But if all that ended, and it was just me in the living room with a microphone, I would still do the podcast because I enjoy doing it. And I think that that the essence of that is why I believe God has blessed it because I haven't fought for this thing to be successful. I've just continued riding the wave that God's put in front of me. And, and those are some of my thoughts. So I don't know where it's going to go long-term. I know I'm going to keep taking steps, um, but the fact that my identity and my value isn't tied into it, um, I think... I think is a sign, hopefully, that God's going to keep blessing it. Mm. That's uh, two amazing things that you just said is like, we all have a calling. And if you're listening to um, this podcast right now, then you have a calling on your life to do some sort of ministry with youth or kids or, you know, whoever it is. And, and just if you get your payment, your source of income isn't uh, connected to your calling. And that's you do your calling and you could get paid you know, wherever, but doesn't matter where you're doing it. That's your calling. That's what you're supposed to do. And the big thing is do what you love. You know, I think that's what you explained, Justin, is that you need to do what you love. And if that's what God's calling you to do, then he's going to bless it. And, you know, understand that if you're loving it, then I feel like he's probably blessing it right now. And it's really easy to look on other people and think, if I just had you know, 10 more kids come out. If I just had this many more kids give their life to Jesus, if I just had uh, able to be a featured on this awesome youth blog and people just know about the amazing work I'm doing, or, you know, this is yep. what kills the church. Um, yeah. There's so much value tied up in that. And I mean, I remember talking to a youth worker one time, we're at a conference and, uh, and some guy was speaking, I don't remember who, and he the guy next to me was like, man, I hope I get to do that one day. And I was like, do what? He's like, you know, speak, speak up a main stage, man. He's like, I, and this is literally what he said. He's like, I really feel like, you know, if I never get to do that, I really feel like, you know, the, my, my career was wasted. And I'm like, man, oh man, like that's a, that's a freaking big statement. You feel like your career is wasted if you didn't 
if you're not able to speak up on main stage at a conference, like, gosh, like I hope, I hope there's more to my career. And I remember thinking, I was like, man, I hope there's more to my career than speaking about on a main stage at a conference. And, but yet as I got into my career and more time Mariners, I absolutely fell into that. Um, I remember when I went back, uh, we went to the orange tour and I went back um, and I was, it was at Mariners. So this is the first time being back after leaving staff it was a couple of months after leaving staff and we were having lunch in the student center, the student center I used to work in. And I would see people walking around, looking around and, you know, checking things out. And I remember, man, I would just get so much value. So much like of me would be puffed up knowing that like, Oh man, they're impressed with the building that I work in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was hard like that realization that I put a lot of my value, a lot of my stock into something that is worthless and fleeting and is not mine. Um, they're talents that God gives us. And then there's a time that we need to give those back. Um, and you know, my time came to give those back for sure. But it was, it was definitely tough. It was definitely tough. And, um, you know, maybe you find yourself in that place, your youth worker listening and it's like, Oh man, like, is that me? Like if I found myself in that place, maybe you have, um, the only way to know is to talk to people. Um, and to consider questions like, well, if God called me to leave, would I leave? Like, well, how much of a fight would I put up? Like, am I ready to go if he says go? Um, because if the answer is no to those things, um, then maybe, you know, you have an identity problem that it's not rooted in Jesus, but it's rooted in other things. And, uh, and that needs a change. That no. needs a change or someone will sniff it out and then they will make a change. And I think that's maybe the bigger point. Right. Or something a lot worse about, you know, failing out and burning out and, you know, crashing down. Oh, Um, yeah, absolutely. I think it's amazing. You said the person, you don't even know who is speaking on stage. And this guy's like, I want to be that person. You know, it's like, who cares? Who is that guy? No one leaves. Like, it's the people that are on the ground. You know, I can remember everybody that sat with me, talked about me and my life. Those are the people that I love, not these books that I've read or these people that I've spoken to. You know, they've given me thoughts and ideas, but they haven't changed my life. They haven't, you know, loved on me and cared for me when things have been tough. And that's, that's what we're called to do, right? So amazing. Justin, this has been a great conversation. I appreciate all that you've shared in this. You know, it's really turned into, you know, a heart check about where you're at in ministry. And that's true for everyone, uh, no matter what you're doing. Um, Where can people find more of you? Um, What are some great resources? You got the podcast, the book, just uh, summarize uh, where people can find more of that. Yeah, you can go to Controlled Chaos Podcast on Instagram. Um, you can get some info there. You can go to obviously search Controlled Chaos Podcast in really anywhere you find your podcasts. And you could find me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Hey Justin Herman, H E Y. Justin Herman, that's my name. And, uh, and I'd love to connect with you. I mean, if anyone's listening and they have questions or they have thoughts and they'd love to chat more, maybe they find themselves in that spot. Um, I mean, I've been there. <clears throat> and I, I, it reminds me of this old story. I don't know where I heard the story, but there's this guy that fell into a pit and, uh, and he couldn't get out. And a guy came by and he was like, oh, he's like, oh, can you help me get out? And the guy said, sure, I'll, like, I'll go get help. And then he leaves and never comes back. And the next guy comes by. He's like, oh, I need some help. And he's like, he's like, oh, I don't have any, I can't help you, but here's some food. And he throws some food down. Um, and the next guy comes by and it was a friend of his. He says, oh, help me, help me. And his friend jumped into the pit. And he looked at his friend. He's like, oh my gosh, like you jumped in the pit. Now you're stuck in here too. And the friend says, yeah, but I've been down here before and I know my way out. 
So let me help you. And, and I think that that story just gives a, gives such insight to my, my heart here that if you're a youth worker and you found yourself in that place, I'd love to connect with you. I know my way out of that, that place. And, uh, and, and I'd love to chat. I'd love to help you out. So reach out to me. There you go. Amazing. Justin, we really appreciate all the wisdom that you shared. And I know everyone else appreciates that too. So we're going to include all that in the show notes so you can check that out. Uh, But thank you for listening. I'll encourage you to tune in next week for more Kids Ministry Real Talk. The God who came to save me from my sin became a man. He lived a life I could not live. Heaven's land.